A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Got inside the 45. He has a man inside him. As he's going to pass, what's he going to do? Takes his shot. It's a goal! Sheer brilliance by Ozzy! What a run by Ozzy Gleason! Created by Boris. Brick was on the outside. But when Ozzy shows his class, the Messi of Hurling is Ozzy Gleason. Hello there and welcome to Paper Talk, the Irish Examiner's GA podcast. Well, Waterford and Cork is the only show in town this Monday as Derek McGrath's Dacia produced a sparkling display to advance to next month's All-Ireland Final with Galway. Michael Moynihan was in Crow Park for the Irish Examiner and joins us now in studio this morning. So, Michael, an emotional day on so many different levels in Crow Park. Yeah, it was. It was great to see the, um, and to hear the applause for Tony Keady and his family. Um, you know, and everyone was very mindful of that. Yes, I think Kieran Kingston spoke very well about it, uh, about, about that terrible event after the game so yeah I mean emotions were really high certainly before the ball was even thrown in In terms of the result is it too simplistic to say this was a game that turned on Damien Cahillan's sending off? No uh, because Cork were well in the match up to that point I don't think Damien Cahillan would have any arguments Uh, there were certainly two yellow cards in the second one could possibly have been a straight red card but it also probably turned on the fact that Austin Gleeson escaped spectacularly from sanction for pulling off a helmet in the first half now in terms of that obviously it's been analysed to death on television over the last 24 hours in real time was it very obvious no you'd have to say that um, as the way I remember it in real time the two of them tangled and rolled and Gleeson got up and um, pulled the helmet as he was getting up so it wasn't it wasn't overt certainly but um, it was an extraordinary thing to do given the furore over Ty de Borca and over one of the Bennets, can't remember which, who's also been suspended. And it doesn't paint a pretty picture for Waterford in terms of what you might call repeat offenders at a particularly egregious crime. Yeah, the point that was made on the Sunday game, I think, by Anthony Daly last night was, I think you touched on it there, like th- this has been the, the topic dominating GA for the last couple of weeks. You, you'd have thought that any inter-county hurler any club hurler would be afraid to get their hands within two feet of a helmet yeah you'd imagine players would actually be making a big show of throwing their hands up in the air and showing that their hands are nowhere near an opponent's head or shoulders even uh, not to mention what Leeson did I spoke to a couple of the Cork um, individuals afterwards were deeply unhappy that he'd escaped that in front of the Referee in the linesman, but it's it's worth saying the referee in the linesman had a nightmare of a day. Why why so? Well, first of all, Kevin Moran was injured in the first half. He was down for a few minutes in the right hand corner, and he wasn't approached by any of the officials. No, I'd be a firm believer that if a player goes down, even if you're ninety nine percent sure he's chancing his arm, that you have a duty of care to go up and make sure he doesn't have a punctured lung or a cracked bone, etc. I thought that was poor. 
I also thought leaving the Gleeson incident aside, when Conor Gleeson and Patrick Gordon were sent off, it was an extraordinary decision because the whole ground saw who the Cork player was, who was the third man in, mm-hmm. and who struck Conor Gleeson and certainly couldn't have quibbled with a red card. And, I mean, it's baffling to me that a referee who sent Patrick Horgan off in the Munster final four years ago also found it um, necessary to send the same player off when he wasn't involved in an incident at all. I, I presume the Cork County Board are going to chase that one up? I'd say it would remain to be seen because I think if you were to sift through the tea leaves, would that expose the other player, the other Cork player to sanction? I think if I wouldn't be advising the Cork County Board on how to... Uh, proceed with these matters I would allow the GA's disciplinary machinery itself to grind its gears and to deal with the referee's error itself They'll be very busy over the next couple of weeks though fair to say Yeah I mean it's very unfortunate because if the GA had any sense they would obviously bill the All-Ireland final as Austin Gleeson versus Joe Canning um, two probably the single individual best hurlers you could find and it's very unfortunate to know that there's a shadow hanging over Gleason's participation. Um, is it more than a shadow? Because because of the way the GA's machinery operates, who knows? Um, if the Sunday game discuss it, then it becomes a live issue in disciplinary terms, despite the GA's protest to the contrary. Um, to me, you know, there is a case to answer. There's a lot to deal with because of the Conor Gleason, Patrick Horgan sending off, which is going to have to be revisited. So while they're revisiting that, and if they don't then revisit what happened with Austin Gleeson, you would have to ask, then what are they doing? So just looking back to, to last week, we had a, a similar situation with was it Adrian Tui and how that was revisited and how that has, has come to its conclusion. Are, are we going to go down the same path? Well, to quote the GA itself, every incident is dealt with on its merits, supposedly. It's dealt with independently of what has happened before. If a county chooses to deploy something that occurred with a previous case in its defensive occurring situation. That's a different that's a whole different set of circumstances. But you obviously couldn't sustain a disciplinary process where you say Colm O'Connor got his nose broken off the ball by Larry Ryan, but because in another match somewhere someone got his nose broken off the ball and nobody was ever brought the book, we just won't proceed with this. I just think it's unfortunate for Gleason that he made it such an obvious and overt act whereas two he might might even though you shouldn't compare the two two he might be able to make some play with I was reaching behind me and my fingers inadvertently got stuck in someone's face mask which in in and of itself sounds a bit ridiculous but you know that would be my that would be my logic that for any disciplinary procedure to work you must deal with every incident as as it occurs and because they will have to address the Conor Gleeson, Patrick Horgan issue. Mm-hmm. That would certainly probably come up under any other business. Let's get back to the match itself. <coughs> Waterford are through to an all-round final against uh, Galway in the first weekend in September. The right result? I am Waterford with a better team, even though Cork were ahead by a couple of points in the second half. Waterford just looked uh, more to the pitch of the game. They were physically stronger. They were more streetwise. They were getting scores. They got a goal. They always looked like they might get another goal, where Cork never really looked like like getting a goal. Like unfortunately for Cork, I think all of the all of the downsides of inexperience all came home to roost on one day. And with Waterford, I, I, they were hardly building all summer to this match, but they were certainly 
focusing on peaking around August. And they had, they had their matchups right. They had players in good form. Kevin Moore and Jamie Barron were excellent. Austin Gleeson was very good in the second half. Their defence was very good, even without Ty DeBorka, which will be huge encouragement to them. And, um, yeah, I mean, Stephen O'Keefe, I can't remember really a save that he had to make, which, which shows the difference when Waterford had maybe six goal-scoring chances and Cork had none. OK, we'll hear a bit more from Michael in a moment. First, though, let's uh, listen back to some of the audio with Waterford manager Derek McGrath speaking with our own Peter McNamara. Hugely satisfying, yeah, hugely. Um, just a mixture of elation, relief, anticipation, now, even at this stage, of what's to come, you know. So, all those emotions, elation, relief, joy, ecstasy. I don't know, it's just, it was everything too was coming into it and we were able to perform well, so it's very, very satisfying, yeah. Derek, that's a pretty monumental score you've put up for a defensive team. <laughs> yeah, sure. I could play the same interview I played the last time. Yeah, it's, they did well. I think I'm not sure what the score was when the sending sending's off occurred in terms of the to put a, put kind of um, not balance to the to the suggestion that the space only opened up then. But um, yeah, I thought I thought even if you look at Paulie's chance in the first half, Brick's goal. I think we were the ones creating the, 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 the chances, albeit the theory is that we were set up defensively, if you like. So I think the, I've spoke to you before about the unpredictable elements of attack. I know it sounds very scientific, but that, that was certainly evident today, I thought, you know. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, we spoke about it as a group Friday night. We spoke about it as a group on Sunday, we, uh, or today, we, and we were kind of, we weren't sure whether we should because you're dealing with a young lad that's, I won't say he's reserved, but he's, he's, um, he's just everything that we feel that we're trying to be, like, as a, you know, as a team, like, you know, he's just, he's just, you know, he's a purist and he's just a great lad and he's tough and he's, he's just, I don't know. I'm putting it right because we, we we had a tough couple of weeks with him, and you know, I think he showed great mental fortitude in in, in, in within the two weeks, and he's just it's just we did it for him. Yeah, we won't make no apologies. That was part of the motivation, like you know, not not in a corny way, but it was definitely part of the group's motivation because of what he had contributed up to this match over the four years. You know. How much of the strategy? Yeah, I don't think there's ever a distraction in, in trying to do the right thing. Like, and that's, you know, that's, we were just trying to do the right thing. You know, and that's, that's, so it was taxing, I suppose, in terms of coming up and down to Dublin and, and behind the scenes, legalities of it, etc. And we immersed ourselves in it. And I have to acknowledge the role of our own County Secretary, Pat Finney. We just put everything into it. And, and we immersed ourselves in it, so... So we were, we, we, you know, because we realised how important he was to us. So, but there was always a kind of a, a sub-plan, if you like, or a plan running parallel to it that involved Kieran Bennett or involved Shane McNulty coming into the team. That was our kind of mindset. So there was two kind of trains of thought running, and that's difficult ahead of a match, you know, particularly given the time scale. We actually had to send in a team on Wednesday, I think, 
without a minute, and then there's a I think there's a prerequisite whereby you can put in a guy that comes back if he was allowed, if he was freed by the DRA, if you like, you know. Yeah, I just I told him, I promised him the other night when he came out of Louis Fitzgerald Hotel that we'd be in the final. I just promised him. I know it sounds overly dramatic, but I just promised him that we'd be in the final, you know, because he's just. I went up to his mother and father on Friday to his, to his dad um, up in Cashmore and they were just they were upset like they weren't upset at what but just you know naturally like his father would be so I just promised him we'd be in the final that's all no, oh without a doubt yeah that's it yeah make no apologies a lot of them have it on a chair but look things like that perceived as a big, big gimmick in that but that's what we're about like you know he was he was central to our circle it's only he asked me a couple of years ago what was the R written on me thing and I told you it was the rubbish I think this day three years ago or whatever so I won't tell you what war it was but yeah definitely yeah yeah, it was today, definitely, Dermot. It was definitely pleasing. And I think 58 minutes or 59 minutes, I think, I'm not sure it was five points in it. And the first thought process is the Kilkenny match from last year. But it, the space was opening up a bit more like, than, than it was last year. And then you had Tommy Ryan and you had Colin and you had a few of the guys that can, they can go, like, you know, and, and, and the message is just to get, get the ball and go, like, and they were, they were able to do that. So I think it was a good. A good team effort, but very pleasing, Dermot, to answer your question, to, to see it out, you know, I think that's, uh, that's great to be, to, be, to be heading into a final, haven't, haven't seen it out in the manner they have, you know. Uh, in terms, Michael, of the lessons that Waterford learned from playing Clare in the Munster Championship, very noticeable in the first half was the puckouts of Anthony Nash weren't as free-flowing as they had been in earlier stages of the campaign? Yeah, I mean, Clare against Cork... Um, probably overanalyzed it and ended up kind of not giving maybe the players the freedom to to play what was in front of them, whereas Waterford have always stressed the freedom within the system. So it was very noticeable that they had a better work rate. The guys were more honest in their endeavours and they were able to cut the cut the supply to Connolly Han, who didn't help himself by taking on some fairly low percentage shots when he did have the ball. And because Cork's, Cork's system, even though they... People may not think so. Cork do have a very definite system. When Nihan isn't firing, you know that creates an issue for everybody else. It creates an issue for the inside forwards who were well marshalled. Um, it was noticeable we'll to say that Noel Connors wasn't put on Patrick Horgan, and even though Horgan did well, um, you know the other matchup worked worked pretty well for the most of the time. So, you know they certainly learned more, and you know they're a more experienced team. You would expect them to pick up um, a couple of little bits and pieces. And for instance, Brick Walsh obviously noticed that Mark Coleman wasn't going to be touched tight and availed of that for a goal. Uh, you mentioned Ty De Barca there a little earlier, considering it was headline news last week. It it was something that was very noticeable in the post-match uh, interviews, that it was very much for Ty. Do, do, you, do you read in a lot into that kind of uh, psychological stuff? No, really. I mean, that's nothing as the word for it, lads, but I mean, that's that's nonsense to me. Like... Players are motivated individually. These are guys with huge experience. Some of them played 50 and 60 times for Waterford. I'm sure they wanted to win and they wanted De Borca to have a chance of playing in all in the final. But I, I think those guys are well beyond kind of cheap tricks like we'll win this for Tyke. You know, they're self-motivated, self-starters, highly intelligent guys who have their own agenda, no doubt, to win in All-Ireland. 
title would love to have Ty De Borca playing alongside him, but I'm sure if it was Val Dunick and, and Tom Barr alongside him in the halfback line, they'd do just as well. Sorry, Ty. Now, we'll just take a quick break there from Michael and hear the thoughts of a disappointed Cork manager, Kieran Kingston, and his selector, Pat Hartnett. Well, first, I'd like to say I think the better team won on the day. That has to be acknowledged. And for a period of time in the second half, we were two points up, and then the game got away from us. I wouldn't really like to focus on the, the red card or red cards as per se, but I think the better team won on the day. Um, from where we came from, um, just to acknowledge, Alan Cadigan had been quite sick with his cellulitis. Um, Luke Mead had a broken finger, but that's just that's not an excuse. That are the facts. And Luke Mead got a, a pin removed about a week ago. But I think actually the, the better team won today. I think um, in certain areas we didn't do ourselves justice, but um, we've no we've no complaints. Delighted, um, you know that's what you call it. That um, justice is done and the better team won. Well, the game was swinging to and fro, and there was opportunities on both sides. And there was—I don't know exactly the wide count, but um, you know, at all times, I suppose the team that makes the fewer mistakes tend to win. And uh, I don't know how many wides we had and so on, but at halftime, you know, not having played to our best, we were still in the game. And um, uh, but you know, again, again, uh, Watford justifiably the winners today. I saw the first one. I didn't actually see the second one, you know. Um, and like, there's no one more disappointed. But in saying that, he's been phenomenal all year for us. I'd like to, you know, I thought he was absolutely leader for us, a genuine leader. And um, look, these things happen, and um, I wouldn't like to focus our comment on it really. Look, it's it is what it is, really. I mean, we trained exceptionally hard. Thought the coaching was excellent this year. And I said in one of the press interviews there earlier, I mean, we totally concentrated on the hurling. Absolutely this year. And I think, um, you know, our puck-out strategies were very, very good. I think where we came from last year, if you see, if you actually see what our baseline, our starting point was, to what this year. And that's poor consolation to the dressing room inside now. But, you know, I don't think we did ourselves justice today. Um, and that's disappointing. But in saying that, the effort was there. But sometimes the game goes to and fro and it didn't go our way today. But again, Watford were the better team on the day. And they finished very strongly. Sure. I, I, think, um, I think actually uh, after the first red card, we kicked on actually. We had a period of time for five or six minutes. that It, it, uh, it tended to take a different shape. But um, look, all goals are expensive. And they're all costly. And at the end, it sums this to some total. But um, you know, again, um, best team won on today. Yeah, they had a very deep line sweeper. Very, very deep line, really. It was like a second full-back, and he played very, very well. So it was really, it was really, really difficult for the two inside forwards. So the effort was there for sure. We don't have any complaints. Um, thought for long periods of game, obviously we were in the game, it was a very good game, nip and tuck. We never really took control of it at the same time. Uh, and I don't think the scoring game was a reflection of the game, to be honest about it. But we, we, I'm not going to sit here and say it's and buts or anything like that and our afterwards it's sending off and our sending off in the, the day best team won of the day we wish him Watford we congratulate Watford for, on behalf of Cocker we wish him the best in the final Kieran Watford overall a more experienced team than, than Cork and probably maybe further down in their development was that, was that a key factor in, in the final 
who knows? We can we can we can all speculate and rise and say what we like. Like at the end of the day, it was, it was always going to be tough coming up here, uh, playing a team for the fourth time in, in eight months, having beaten them twice already. We knew that. That's that's no secret, right? That wasn't going to be easy. Obviously, it was a crow park thing. Seeing how guys would react to crow park. Uh, but like, you have to give credit to Waterford. Like, this is their fourth semi-final in three years, including draw. So they've had a lot of disappointments in the last couple of years, and, and uh, I said that to them inside. But they, they've, 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 feeling, they've felt a few times like we, like we do now. Um, but I thought our lads, and I think to be remiss of me, is our last get-together with you guys for this year, um, to be remiss of me not to acknowledge, firstly, uh, our lads and what they gave us this year. Uh, at the start of the year, we were totally written off. We were, we won the most of the league, which we play, we, we do play as close good feet, so we won the most of the championship, um, the good, good league campaign, but that's not where we felt we wanted to stop. We wanted to go on from today, and we're hugely disappointed we didn't. And we felt coming up with the right chance to do so. But our, at Cork Butcher players have been fantastic all year. They've done everything we've asked them for, and we asked them to change a lot. We asked them at the end of the last year, start of this year, to make a lot of changes. We asked them to change a huge number of things in terms of culture, the way we do things in many ways. And they bought into that. Without a question, every single one of them bought into that. And they've got the whole of Cork behind them, and we can see that from the support we got from the games right through the year and again today. The support they've gotten, the supporters, they've created a fantastic bond between the There has been a fantastic bond created between the supporters and the team. And we have to acknowledge what they've done. Of course, we're disappointed. We'd love to be going further. Absolutely, who wouldn't? But we have to, uh, I suppose, I want to say how proud I am of what they've done and how thankful I am for the backroom team here and Pat is here and, and the other lads for the work they've put in this year and relentlessly everything we've asked them to do 99% of them are doing on a voluntary basis the time they've given the car calling this year is just phenomenal and I think to be wrong not to acknowledge that either, either as, we, as we finish up our year I mean look of course, I've got to look at them again and I won't, I won't comment on those until I do so. Um, we lost Damien, there was two at the end there, I didn't see that instance at all, to be honest, I don't know what happened there, but that, I don't, that had no bearing on the game. Who knows what bearing the other one had, and, but they're, look, the swings are roundabouts, they go against you some days, they go with you the other, other days, today they didn't go, they didn't go for us. Um, and uh, what bearing had on the game, who knows. What, what for, for Cork, what, was it an experience or was it a case that Waterford had them studied to a tee? I suppose it's always hard to beat a team a second time. Um, and Cork have struck me as a team that I think teams may take 45, 50 minutes to figure out what they're doing and come to grips with it. And of all the managers around, Derek McGrath is probably one of the best to study another team and to see what what way to play them. But also... You know, McGrath has terrific hurlers at his disposal. He's a very good coach. You know, they're experienced. This is their fourth year, so they know each other very well. Three of the Cork players have another two years playing under 21, uh, which just shows the level of inexperience there. I think that's often used as, as an excuse, but I'd be surprised if, say, like if Fitzgibbon, Coleman, Kingston, and Splat had ever even played in Crow Park before. So, you know, at that, that level, that does count for something. That's not why Cork last car class because Waterford were better and a good bit better but you know you can't you can't teach experience they can only learn only learn by doing massive disappointment obviously in Cork today but let's be honest 
back in January, if I had said to you we would be discussing car curling on the 14th of August, would you have been surprised? Yeah, I mean, before the season started, the most important team was the under-21 team that they had put on a show, and yet they became the least important team because of the minors in All-Ireland and the seniors, you know, played in All-Ireland semi-final, which is staggering progress, really. I'd say they're about two years um, ahead of schedule. And, you know, I... I genuinely got the impression from talking to Cork people afterwards in Dublin that there's a huge acknowledgement to that, that the team are, have progressed fantastically and that they play a brand of hurling that Cork people really like to watch and people are optimistic about next year and are taking taking huge positives from this year. Like Cork probably were a little bit rusty, probably took a little bit of time after four or five weeks off, but a Munster title was far more important to Cork than it was to Tipperary or Waterford or Clare this year because it's so long since they actually put a run of games together. So, to me, the ideal nearly next year would be if they lost in the first round, had a few games off Broadway to try a few different things and came to Crow Park in August mm. with, you know, the kind of experience or some of the experience that Waterford brought to the table where you can tweak things, try guys in different places and build up their confidence. Okay, finally, Michael, the I suppose the dominance of the, the, the big names, the Tipperaries, the Kilkennys, the Cocks over the last 20 years, it's going to make for an incredible build-up to what is a novel All-Ireland final. Oh yeah, with respect to my friends in Tipperary and Kilkenny and my long years of going to the horse and jockey in Langtons for press nights, even on that novelty alone, it is it is going to be terrific. And I, I, I have met Kilkenny people who are looking forward to the Ireland final because... There is no, <laughs> there is no shadow of a toxic rivalry between them, and I don't think Galway and Waterford would really have a, a bitter, a bitter past that would rear its ugly head. I mean, certainly, the novelty value, and as I say, you know, the whole potential for you know Gleeson versus Canning, you know, there's lovely little subplots around the place. The way Derek McGrath played against Donahue, Michal Donahue was a minor. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be really really interesting. Um, you know, right up to when Galway win. We'll have you back here the Monday after the All-Ireland Final for uh, that prediction. And that's it for this week's edition of the Irish Examiner's GA podcast, Paper Talk. We're back again, same time, same place. Next week, we'll be looking back on the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship semi-final between Mayo and Kerry. Thanks to Michael Moynihan for joining us in studio this morning and to Larry Ryan, who produced. Talk to you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.